0: on today's episode of gathering the kings um,
1: owning your mistakes along the way you can't be perfect all the way so just sharing that journey i, I got daughters three daughters and what am i going to show them you know I, they gotta gonna go out and they're gonna meet their own husband one day you know and wh- what are they going to emulate they get, right. they, the best standard they know is like somebody that cuts corners or hasn't been whatever he could be and i'm not talking about financially successful i'm talking about. Do they see me educating myself? Do they see me going to work out? Do they see me eating well, taking care of myself, taking care of their mother, taking care of them? Like that is my burning desire.
0: What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I'm your host. I'm back today with another king on the stage here, Scott Peeper. How we doing, Scott?
1: Good, Chaz. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity to be on. It's great to be here
0: absolutely you know it was we we just about had our own podcast uh before we hit the actual record button uh we were getting into some really good stuff there stuff about masterminds stuff about funding both yeah. of our businesses um but i'm excited for this conversation and uh your intelligence around uh, helping businesses grow tell us what kind of business that you have scott
1: well, I have a business that we help finance construction contractors and other small businesses. We call them manufacturers or other. But think of any of your primary trade businesses that are in the construction where they, they have a very, very, very tough uh, cash flow cycle. If you're not familiar with construction, it's the most unique in any world. And if you took that cash flow cycle and applied it to any other business, it would probably be ruin the industry if not definitely be much more complicated. So the entrepreneurs yeah. in the construction space are really like no other. I mean, there's not enough credit given to what they have to go through. And I think because they're so resilient, they just know what hard feels like, but they don't know it's it's way harder than, than other businesses in many ways. And um, so we help finance those construction contractors on executing the work they get. We like to call it a revenue cycle. You get a project, you get a purchase order, you get a master service agreement, a contract of some kind in the commercial space. Primarily, we don't do a lot in residential. We do fund residential projects, but it would still be like a large development with like a large land developer, not necessarily John and Mary Smith building their house, so to speak. Right. Um, and then what we do is we help look at what the business is going to look like. I'm sorry, what the project's going to look like from a cash flow perspective week over week. And we do all that modeling for our client as part of our program. We give that cash flow to them for free. Anybody can use it on our website. But if they need financing, we can show them exactly how much they need, when they need it, what the cost of the capital would be as it relates to the project cost. Yeah. And then we show them, hey, you're cash flow positive. This is your right exact margin, and here's how we can help you. So we essentially be the be a, an additional source of cash for them on the project to go with their actual project funds themselves to get them basically to the point where the project cash flows itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. It couldn't couldn't sound like a better marriage, honestly. Where you know, like you said, we get this huge next step, um, and then we're like, oh, geez, um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that we got to go spend money on. And and sometimes that's not always the case uh, where the business just has a couple hundred grand or a couple million sitting aside for this next big project. Um, so I can definitely see the value there. I'm curious for you. Um, I want to like, wh- why, why this industry, I'm going to get to your like personal why here in a second, but you're, you're like sharp, like, you know what you're doing. You're helping like really, really precise businesses do this thing. Why does this business work for you? Like why? Are you in this industry
1: yeah it's funny um i would it's not by design man like in and if i'm sharp and I, th- I appreciate you saying that i always feel like i'm i feel like i'm getting a lot better now but i can tell you ten and a half years into the business is why i'm sharp in it sure. why i feel confident talking about this um and also why i feel confident talking about it is because i've made all the mistakes not only in my own business doing getting to this point but also i've made all the mistakes. In with customers like like one of the coolest parts about our business and what I like about it is that we are completely aligned with our customer like what's good for them is good for us and it's also what's good for the project, which is ultimately their customer oftentimes when you're in a two three way parties parties are, um, you know, basically by nature not aligned with one another. They're just, they're opposite. They're on either sides of the contract. They're, they're right. one's positive, one's negative. You know, this is good for them. It's good for us. And so if we're funding a project, it means it's a good project. It means that's good for the customer. It's also good for my customer's customer, yeah. which means if it's good for them, it's going to be good for us. Cause if we can help them finance it, that means there's enough money on the project. It's going to be cash flow positive. We can also yeah. make money on the loan and be repaid. So that's one thing I like about it. Um, how I got into it was just an accident, man. I was in med device sales. I was I have a, mostly a business and sales career. I always okay. had an entrepreneurial mindset and liked and enjoyed that. My first business that I started with a friend was when I was 25 years old, three years out of school, having success in sales, but just wasn't happy. you know. And so yeah. I started this health and fitness company with a friend. We were way ahead of our time. I still say this, but, um, <laughs> but what we did was we, we, it was fun. And even though I was making a, like one tenth of what I was making in sales, I was actually having more fun and I was working a hundred right. times harder. Right. And I don't know why I liked it more and I did, but I just did. It was always more yeah. exhilarating to go into that.
0: I was going to say you are after it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got out and then got into med device sales and I, you know, what happened there is I made more enough money to get very comfortable and it made me afraid to go back to what I liked. And I just got comfortable, but also, being honest, more miserable. Um, yeah. It took a long time. And miserable is the wrong word. Ultimately, it ended, it ended that way. Like, And, again, it wasn't real misery. I had a great life. But what I did, yeah. though, Chaz, I extracted and learned a ton from corporate America that I was able to push like leadership, great training, problems, experiences, I'm yeah. um, trying to make mistakes, not being a super rep. You know, you're you a great sales rep, then you get promoted and you try to be a super rep as a manager. That's not a manager. You know, learning that in that world and environment, those lessons was very helpful for me now versus oh, yeah. if I tried to learn that in the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. So it wasn't all for naught. But why this business was a friend of mine contacted me. At the end of the recession, going. so think of 2013, we're kind of going through it here there was a lot of stimulus back into the construction industry. There was tons of money being poured in for all different types of things. And rates were also very, very low. So you sought to see a lot of private development coming out of the ground. And not just residential development, but just think about shopping centers, businesses, office parks, right. multifamily, you know, things like that. And one of the things that was happening was the bonding world like think surety bonds and payment and performance bonds, they were not bonding things like they used to. The the developers and the banks, they also weren't giving mobilization funds to contractors Mm. like they were. used to sign the contract, get 10% of it up front to get going, which clearly is needed because if you know anything about construction, you work, you put one pay app in at the end of the month, it's a hard cash flow cycle. Well, imagine all that's gone plus all those construction businesses also endured a very painful period of recession they're already not bankable as an industry as much as every other industry for yeah. some good reason by banks but mostly and banks will tell you this and they've told me they just don't understand it yeah. you know and if you think about it like i had it took me 5 years to get a bank a regular traditional bank line to make loans and yeah. so if you think a bank doesn't want to lend to the construction industry. They definitely don't want to lend to a lender trying to lend to the customer. To to, you know?
0: so, yeah. They, they yeah. lend in a box. Then that is it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's very, they, those boxes they don't understand. So what yeah. drew me to the business, my father also was a general, was not a general contractor, but he was in a commercial glazing business. So I was around construction. I understood it. A friend called me one day and said, Scott, we're going to, I want your dad was in this world. We have a great opportunity here to make loans to commercial contractors to help them execute these bonded projects. It's U.S. government or it's a city, state, municipality. They can totally fund. You know, We know the money's good on it. They just need to execute the work. And these are the best of the best. They survive through this downturn. They're just a little bit financially impaired and they're not getting any of the resources they used to get. I'm like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. But you know what? You're insane. Lending to contractors is the worst thing you could possibly do. So what I did was, of course, made the loan with them because I didn't want to miss out. So my entrepreneurial side is, what if they're onto something and I miss out on this opportunity? I'm going to be pissed. So Uh we all made this little $40,000 loan to an electrical contractor and put our, you know, kind of past the hat. And they executed on it. And it worked great. And we got a first taste of it. And we did that again and again and again. And then maybe this is for another day or maybe you'll get to this, but then, then the world of business, like of mobilization funding kind of took its own journey in terms of your own partners and customers. But we just started scaling one loan at a time that started as a hobby. And I just loved it. And all that stuff that came out of that health and fitness company, the excitement of it was like, I would be more excited to go on the one day a month trip to see my three or four partners that I was putting this together with. We were making no money and getting nothing. I'd be more invigorated on those trips to Atlanta or around Florida than I would be going up to the major corporate office of a medical device company. And then, you know, again, making no money in that
0: world. You were getting pulled over. Yeah. I got a question for you. You just mentioned that, um, you know, you're obviously nervous to make that first loan um, to that electrical company. And for good reason, um, I think that anybody successful in the construction space. I also own a remodeling company here in Kansas City, and it is just not that difficult to be a standout contractor, residential or commercial. Um, and 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 because of that, that this natural like this is how people think about construction. I can understand your hesitation, but you pushed through that and you did the loan anyway. What did that company have or do? Later, we were like, "Oh man, they freaking did it!" And so, what what is that little box that you've almost created for yourself? And I want and I want you to tell the listener whether they're in, you know, residential or commercial, or they're in a completely different business and construction altogether. There's there's things about that company that allowed them to execute, and that's what I'm trying to pull out. What did what did they have, or what did they do that made it work?
1: It's a it's a great question, and um, I, I'll answer it like this: That one company had these things. I didn't know what they were back then, so I couldn't have told you then, but knowing now after the hundreds and hundreds of customers we've helped, here's what they all have. They have an opportunity. They have pure desire to do what they want to do in the right way. They're humble enough to know what they don't know, or at least be comfortable to say, I don't know everything. Maybe they don't know what they don't know, but they know they don't know everything. And they, they make a choice to trust someone. Mm. And, if they trust the right person and they have humility and the right partner can join them, meaning like a lender, not a partner like in their business. Sure, not a partner in the business, right. I guess too, but in our case, they can let us utilize the resources we have to pour into them to fill those gaps at the same time it's beneficial in filling, fixing their problem. And yeah. so it's, it's really the customers that have a good opportunity. They, they're humble enough to know what they don't know and they're looking for an, op- an option, not just money, Yeah, those are the best. People that are just looking for money are not typically great customers for, for a lot of reasons. And I don't say customers for us. I just mean customers in general because if you're just looking for right. money, there's a bunch of people out there that will just give you money, and a lot of times it's in the wrong setting. But, what, but getting the money in the right way to fix your specific problem, or not your problem right. but your opportunity – yeah, that's the key. Like, because you can get the same hundred thousand dollars with this set of terms is not the same hundred thousand dollars with this set of terms. One can help you dramatically. One could hurt you dramatically. Yeah, um, and you still have a hundred grand, right? So that's right. It's not the hundred grand you need. It's the right hundred or whatever. Yeah. And so um, those are the ones that do it the best. The, you know, you you can say, hey, look, I want to latch on, but it also it's hard to. I sympathize with it because you got to trust to trust the lender. Or another person with your financing, your truths, your your right. honest, like hard facts, you know? And at the same time, you're like, what if they don't approve me? What if I tell them this and they don't? Or they say, oh, you know what? I bet they want to hear this, this, and this. So I'm just going to tell them that. But it's not right. true. Yeah. It mean, doesn't work. That's why I say it's, it's the guys that are humble and say, I got this opportunity. I know I can knock it out from a performance standpoint. But here's what I'm uncomfortable with. Can you help yeah. me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's several principles there, uh, mindset wise, even, um, mm-hmm. there's a confidence, but yet a humility, um, a really, uh, a wholesome perspective. I would, I would maybe say, um, is that that person isn't uh, so arrogant to think, well, I just need money. And, and I, am glad you got to that point because I was thinking that that's was the, the, the other end of the spectrum, which was, yeah, we have this person that has an opportunity. Um, whether it's good or not we don't know but they particularly as an operator just want money it's a transaction as opposed to uh, a relationship that's you know this partnership that you've referred to what do you think that person uh, you've mentioned you know like a like a willingness to learn or humility and then an, an ability to perform is there something that the listener right now can take away from this conversation just saying okay like as an entrepreneur what should i be doing on a regular basis to develop these things. So, whether it's down the road, I need I need funding, or I just want to create great relationships with strategic partners, like a funding company or a lending company. What can I be doing now as a listener to help me develop these things that you're saying? These are what the A players are doing um, in this space.
1: It's a good question. So, um, you know what what I see a lot of people do sometimes is they they're just hustling. They don't have a real plan. There's not a strategy. They're just hustling, and that's good yeah. because honestly, to get to, like your podcast says, to even get to a million, really honestly, that's what you have to do. Yeah, you gotta just, gotta just hustle. hustle, man. You're just banging yeah. your head, and one day you get an opportunity, and you're just making it happen. And, and and in many cases, you may not even be making it happen in the most strategic way, or even in a profitable way. And you know what? Right. I'll even be the first one to say that's okay. It is because you're going to make mistakes. You might make a bunch of profit, or it looks like you are, and then you make a mistake, and that's gone. You know, so like all that's cool. I think at some point, though, you have to transition to say, you know what, I'm not just surviving anymore, but I'm actually capable of surviving. But now I need to thrive and strive. And thrive can mean a lot of different things. And it can take a certain different amount of time, depending on what business you're in and what you're capable of, and what you feel comfortable doing, too. Yeah, It's that transition, I think, is key. So, and, and then the next piece would be, As you come into the, into that phase, those folks that are saying, you know what, here's what I know, but I'm, you, I'm starting the process of trying to figure out, I I know I need operations. I know I need leadership and I know I need financing. How am I going to go out and build the right relationships now based on where I want to go, not based on the immediate pain I'm feeling at this moment, or I get. This Project, now I'm going to go figure out how to finance it. That is a really dangerous place to be with a million dollar business. You right. can have a couple hundred thousand dollar business and make those mistakes and do that because you can fill those 20, 30, 40,000 dollar gaps quicker. But you got a million dollar business and you're now growing and doing little bit bigger projects, whatever that means to you. And now mm-hmm. you're developing that same I'll figure it out on the fly strategy is not using yep. good. The key person is going into it with a plan and saying, I have a way that now take that $400,000 job without paying. I'm going to take the, I usually do 50 to $100,000 jobs, but I got this $400,000 job that my customer's been wanting to give me and I keep passing them up. That's a smart person, by the way, the ones that are passing up opportunities because they know they can't finance them or do them until they get the right project manager or they get the right finance partner or both. Right. Those are the folks that you really want to lean into because they get it. And now they just, you just kind of like unleash them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference maker. I think you, they yeah. start, they make the transition, they develop a plan and they are working proactively to solve those finance operation and leadership needs up front.
0: Yeah. You just gave incredible value. I hope that the listeners are paying attention. That wasn't just for construction. That was for really any business. Any business. Um, Yeah. <clears throat> really By the, the proactive. I
1: made all those mistakes. Like I oh yeah. bringing it on my way to a million and just trying to survive. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um well, and and if you've done it multiple times, um or have seen others do it multiple times, it's the same story. It's the same craziness and chaos and managing all the pieces until you just say basically no more. Like I'm <laughs> I'm gonna think ahead a little bit on this one. Um, and so I think that that was probably the biggest takeaway from all that is just, hey, for a half second, um, re- don't chase your tail, um, chase, chase what you want. But you can't chase what you want right now, listener, because you're chasing your tail. And so all the things that Scott just gave to you as far as basically slowing down to speed up um, are what I see time and time again in that really $1 to $3 million range is because it someone has gotten to the $1 million from hustle, like you said. They maybe have one or two or five or six, maybe ten people on their team, but they're growing to that ten person team. And it's just crazy. It's just chaos, this is really all it is. Yeah. But eventually you have to start putting in thought and systems and process, which include strategic partnerships like Scott. So I wanna I wanna transition. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: You mentioned there. You yeah, too yeah. is I think we all need we all think we're supposed to know certain things. And the truth yeah. is we're you're not like you, you're not just. You just first of all you don't. You only know what you know. That's right. There's no list of things you're supposed to have to know, and there's a bucket of people that know everything that can't get anything done. So like, <laughs> I think it's okay to just accept the fact that like, I could be okay with what you really do know, and then be okay with what you don't, and don't let that like, I call it the abundance for scarcity mentality. Like, don't let that scarcity of oh I don't know I'm gonna look da 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 this, this and that. And they're going to think differently. I mean, it's a lender. They won't approve me if I don't know this. Like right. it's the, it's, it's just lean into, Hey, this is what I'm really good at. We had a client one time call first call. He said, Hey, this is what I'm really good at. These are the things I don't know anything about. I was like, this guy's awesome. I can help this guy. <laughs> to like, I was like, here's all the things I'm good at. And these are the things I don't know anything about, you know, like we just, that's how it started. And it was great. So I yeah. think if someone was going to take something away, I would say, don't worry about what you don't know, man. Like just don't yeah. worry about it. It's yeah. okay. Like you can learn later, but just be honest at this moment in time with what you do know and feel comfortable with, and what you don't know and be comfortable with, and let someone pour into you.
0: Yeah, you're you're really underlining just a deeper principle of growth or growth mindset. Um, it's not just about growing a revenue number. That's not growth mindset necessarily. Yes, there's a piece to that that you have to be, you know, growing the actual thing that you're growing. <clears throat> but the mindset that you're referring to is actually, we were talking about this before we hit the record button. And when we were talking about masterminds and the difference between like a, maybe an actual group of people that are doing the thing versus like a group coaching. And it's like, if you come to a circle of people that you know that have skill sets that maybe you don't, or maybe you have similar skill sets, but they've just been there before you, or, or even if, even if they haven't this person, um, at, at a peer level or above, of course, they can agitate thought. And so that's really what you're saying, which is like, hey, let's get into the room. I'll take off my crown. You take off yours like we have already done here today. I don't need to necessarily tell you about funding. You don't necessarily need to tell me about the businesses that I'm in. But what does that matter? Let's just put that aside. Let's just let's let's add value to each other. It doesn't matter that I'm an expert over here, or that you're an expert over here, because there's a certain circumstances, even in funding that I'm sure I've experienced that I can add value to you and to your people and vice versa. So it's like – but you don't have that that ability to actually give value back and forth like that if the crown never comes off, if the ego never comes off like what you're saying. You start the call with, here's what I'm good at. Here's what
1: I'm not. Let's see what we can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it's – yeah I I like to read – I read quite a bit and there's a – I'm sure many people have read the book Think and Grow Rich. If you haven't, you should. But there's a piece in there where it talks about – Henry Ford being sued and he is on the stand and they're yeah. trying to say he's dumb and hasn't had an education and da, 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 da. And he said, I got this magic thing on my desk. And I push these buttons and all the information comes into me. And he's basically referring to all the experts in his world. And that's essentially what we're talking about. It's a mastermind. Yeah. If you know something really well, Chaz, and now I know you, and I know you know that, and you're an honest good person that I can trust that I've developed that rapport with. I'm not gonna say I don't ever need to know what you need to know, but I'm right. good now because I know you. And if you if I know to call you and I'm humble enough and I'm you're willing enough to share and ask me, then I'm good yeah. in many ways. Yeah. You know? And so I think yep. if you didn't think that way, you then would hold back and lean into all the things you're good at and doing and a lot right. of talking. You're not getting the benefit of the relationship really if you're doing all the talking. And I think sometimes yeah clients and to answer your question more specifically too what do the best do they say hey here's what I'm good at and here's what I'm not here's what I need help at can you help me I'm like okay right. they put it on they're putting it on me to tell them how I can help them not worried about like here's my resume here's why I'm all great they're but they're making me tell them why I can help them first and I got to understand that that's that's yeah. the real those are the people that really we help and lean into the most and can and can help
0: Yeah. Love that. Um, let's transition here a little bit. I want to know, uh, we, we've talked about your industry uh, quite a bit and how you're helping people, but for you, for Scott individually, uh, now that I know that even that you've read thinking Grow rich and that you're a proponent of, uh, you know, chapter two talks about desire and, and we create a burning desire. And so something inside that is hot and we keep fueling it. What is that for you? What's, what's the bigger picture here for you?
1: There's a few and they've been different along the way. Um my family and my daughters and my my wife like fulfilling my commitment to them um is the most important thing to me. And and I think fulfilling that goes along with what I believe, you know, in God. God's provided me so many opportunities. My wife and my children I think are just a reflection of of that. Right. And it's the daily reminder of, like, I made a commitment to be the best father, be the best husband I can, be the best man, brother, um, and 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 leader to anybody I can be, right? And son to yeah. my parents. And I think um, that desire goes along with providing the way, you know, not just providing money, but showing them what it's like, yeah. doing the work and living at your best standard, whether it's your health, your fitness, your education, um, owning your mistakes along the way you can't be perfect all the way so just sharing that journey i got daughters three daughters the oldest is 16 14 and 12 well like at what am i going to show them you know I, they got to going to go out and they're going to meet their own husband one day you know and wh- what are they going to emulate Do they get, right. they, the best standard they know is like somebody that cuts corners or hasn't been whatever he can be and i'm not talking about financially successful i'm talking about do they see me educating myself? Do they see me going to work out? Do they see me eating well, taking care of myself, taking care of their mother, taking care of them? Like that is my burning desire. And I think part of that is, again, your your health, your fitness, what you do for work. Is it fulfilling? Not how much money right. you make, but is it fulfilling? Are you fulfilled? Yeah. And yeah. I do think yeah. myself, if I'm attaching my own personal desires to it, yes, I want to be as wealthy as I can be, you know, and I want mostly because I want financial freedom, which I think is the only way to get it for you have to be at least financially free to be free. And I also want to be able to provide and help as many people as I can. And and if you have, if you've been given certain attributes or the ability to learn them, you have a duty, in my opinion, from God to fulfill that your best potential so that yeah. he can use you in the most beneficial way to serve the good word. That's what I believe. And so if you do that properly, you're going to have to keep growing and learning, and that's a burden. That's right. and, and with that can come great wealth, but you also have to use it properly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you did such a great job of, of really just clearly describing what fulfillment is for a king. And I, and I think that, as you said, not always do people line up with um, how you've described success for you, um, and, and that's and that's okay. Not everybody's designed. We can't have everybody be a king. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and look, it wouldn't work.
1: 40, I'll be forty-eight in November. That wasn't my. I wouldn't answer that question the same way at twenty-eight or thirty-five. Right. You know, so right. it comes with time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were you were in the warrior stage, or maybe even cowboy before that. <laughs> but nice. in all seriousness, uh, you've you've described this this you know, place that, uh, where you're winning in all areas, really, I guess is a, probably a, an oversimplification of it, but, and then the impact that that has on the people that are closest to you. And so wh- what do you think for you? Cause you kind of highlighted my question here by saying it wasn't at 28, but now it is at 42. But was that a, was that a moment in time or was that a, a, a story that you can remember where you're like, I remember when things changed for me mentally, when I was like, okay, I know I got to start winning, not just, In business, not just money wise, but like in my marriage, as a dad, in my community, on a podcast, when I'm giving back to other entrepreneurs who I'm never going to meet ever. Like, I just need to win in all areas. That's just a whole nother level of thing because people talk about it, but like accepting that and going after that, what happened for you in that?
1: It's easy. I can draw a straight line to it. I was super successful in terms of your medical device selling. You know, I was winning awards. I was getting promoted. I was, for all intents and purposes, like rolling, feeling confident. I mean, as good as you can get, right? And um, then you look at the rest of the attributes of your life, and you're like, well, you're not. That's not the same there in that piece. This isn't so much fun. Like that doesn't correlate over to your personal life, your marriage, your kids. And for me, it was, um, primarily like 2013, 14, really coincidentally at the same time i starting mobilization funding, which I don't think is a coincidence by the way, right. based on what I've told you before. So, or just said to everybody, I guess, but, yeah. um, you know, you got to recognize those opportunities. I didn't recognize that's what was happening then, but I know it is now. Sure. But what happened was I was traveling all over the country. I actually talk about this on my YouTube channel. It's my main, like our main piece that pops up, but it's I was traveling, I had all the awards, I had all the accolades for flight credits and everything else, and I was leading 100 people, and I was in charge of the whole country, and I had vice president title. And you know I'd come home, and my wife and three young daughters would see me like once every, like once a week or over the weekend. And by the way, because I was leaving again and gone, it would take them two days just to even acclimate. It's not like they just turn it right back on. And my wife said to me one time, you know it's Scott, it's, I was like, babe, what's wrong? Why are we, what's wrong? She's like, well, you've been gone. Sometimes we just have to pretend you don't exist to make it easy. And I was like, that sucks. I remember like, this is not worth it. And by the way, and then I realized, you know, I don't even like it. I don't pack a (laughs) bag. It's not even that exciting anymore. And so I quit um, within the next six months and found a different opportunity. And what I did was I just started talking to a bunch of people and an opportunity came. And it was Not coincidence, again. And exactly. I took that, and then that led to this, and that was great for six or seven years. So all of a sudden, I eliminated the travel, but stayed in the medical world. I could help everybody still, still leading in my, what I was good at at the time. And then this opportunity came about. And of course, when this was an opportunity, it was a habit. It wasn't like, it didn't take my requirements like it does today, 10 years in, right. where this right. is the only thing I do. So I, I did double duty for a long time, but at least I was home. I was present and I didn't have to be there the whole time. It wasn't like my wife had a scoreboard of like, how much dishes do you do versus me or laundry versus me? She wasn't doing that, right. but it just needed to be home, like there. And my whole yeah. relationship changed with regard to um, – I mean, our relationship was always great, my wife and I, but my relationship changed a lot with my kids because I was around more. Just Even if it's just good night and in the morning when you sit, drop into school and at night when they go to bed, you don't have to be there all day you just have to have lots of quality moments in consistent patterns, not breaking up the days. At least that's for me. So it was, that's what it really tied to Jess. That's what was the change for sure. It's
0: good stuff. I think that that's more relatable to entrepreneurs than maybe most people are willing to admit. (laughs) Um, but it's real, it's real. And I think that that, that moment for you, what you really wanted was to win with your wife and you obviously hold her, um, You know, you hold her perspective and her respect in a high enough regard where that hit you like hard. Um, And thank goodness for her, you know, to be able to say that it's tough for drivers like us to,
1: yeah, for your kids. I'm motivated by like ultimately going to her and saying like, I did it. I did like what I told you I was going to do, whatever that may be.
0: Yeah. You said earlier, you know, uh, family, but, but how you said family, it was fulfilling your duty to them. And so you're right the, the what you just said is 100% true what you know intrinsically is motivating you um, is to be who you're supposed to be um, to be to be in integrity with yourself and and that includes being a good husband and that includes being a good dad because you said you were going to do those things and so you need to go do those things because you said you're going to do them <laughs> right that's great stuff great 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 story um i want to know of a practical good decision that you've made in business that uh you would do over and over and over again
1: yeah um the best decision i ever made in business was to join the arte syndicate um and really follow coaching and guidance so the short answer would be getting coaching and guidance but more importantly getting it from the right coaches that appealed to me. I the oh. a- Andy for for those people that don't know Andy Frasilla and Ed Mylett started this Arte Syndicate. I happened to be listening a lot to the MF CEO podcast that Andy Frasilla had, and it just I instantly was drawn to it because it was it, it, that voice that that inner voice that I have to myself was very very um, analogous to the way Andy spoke. So it was easy for me to grasp onto. It was sure. hard. It was ruthless. It was the truth. But I also found it very funny because that's kind of how I would communicate in my own head. Um, even playing sports, I remember the way, some of the stuff I probably wouldn't even be able to say. But <laughs> but I would think that to motivate myself. So I would say, you know, I hear you are right. doing this business thing and you got to get some information from somewhere, man. Like you just don't know it all. And I wasn't a reader yeah. at the time either. I didn't read a lot. You know, six, seven years ago, I kind of stopped reading for probably 15 years after I graduated. And I didn't even like it when I was in college. And I was the kind of guy that would say, oh, you know what? I don't need to read. I read 100 emails a day. Like, that was me. I used to say stupid shit like that, like all the time. (laughs) Like, I remember saying that and like justifying it and thinking I was, I didn't justify it. I actually thought I was right because I didn't understand what reading really was about or educating yourself. So that was clearly the best decision because you know what it did, Chaz? It opened up all those doors I told you before when you asked me, like, what do the best people do that come like how, that can grow their business? What do they do? It helped me really quickly be comfortable with what I just kind of articulated to you. Here's what I know yeah. well, and it's okay to actually say I don't know this because I used to be the guy that would think um, I'd be at a, a class or a mastermind, and I would, instead of me listening, I'd be thinking, okay, What's the best question I can ask so I sound smart? Like I used to do that, like literally Mm. do that all the time. And then I realized like that doesn't matter. It's more interesting what you raising your hand saying, I don't know what you just said. Can you please explain that to me? It's far more interesting than trying to pretend you know.
0: Well, usually gets a better answer, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so that by far and away, and I took all that stuff that isn't that complicated or hard. It's hard, but it's not. It's like the answer isn't complicated. It's just you got to go do it. You got to, you get yeah. the information, and you have to actually execute on it. It helped me be so much more comfortable with myself. What I know, what I don't know, um, what to do in certain situations, how to execute doing it. That this that when this this and this happens, you know you're actually on the way. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, yeah. This is the line between bad and good. All those things that I wouldn't have known, or have been more unco- I would I might have known, but I would have been uncomfortable with what I was knowing. That I, now I knew um, that was the best business decision I ever made. And it, by the way, we would, no doubt in my mind, would not be even having any of the success that we had. And I would have had, avoid. I've definitely avoided problems that I would have had um, otherwise created for myself from that specific decision to yeah. do, to, no doubt.
0: Yeah, when you surround yourself with people that... Um like you said, even at your level or the ones that are like really far out there, like, a, like an Andy and an Ed it's, and, and you're humble enough to go, maybe I should implement first I should listen. <laughs> and then I should maybe implement a few of these things. Um, yeah. you start seeing like massive results. Um, and, and I've gotten that same thing even from reading a book, like just again, the humility of reading a book and going, there's something in here for me. I don't know what it is yet, but like, I'm like sifting through the pages. I got to get, the, I got to get one thing. What is it? And as soon as you get that one thing and you go and do it, you're like, wow. You start, you start calculating value on knowledge, community, accountability, forward thinking, like all of these things that, that probably you get, um, from all of those connections. So, yeah.
1: And you do it long enough too. You can draw a straight line back to, oh, I remember learning that lesson I didn't do that, and then enough time goes by, to you realize that the fact you didn't do that, you now see the end result of you not doing it, and you're like, "Well, that right. would cost me X amount of dollars, or time, or energy, or whatever." Oh, so yeah. you start to then you build this confidence because now you're seeing how the value that it com- that's actually bringing to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, give us an example there, because <clears throat> I think a lot of a lot of people. Well, I think I, I find people in two camps, um, maybe actually three. I find people who are in a mastermind, uh, or some sort of a community like you and, and, or gathering the Kings. Um, and, and we, we understand everything that you're saying. We're like, yes, yes. Calculate it, check it. I so much value. I'd pay, I'd pay triple the amount. Then you have two people, uh, or you have two other camps, one that maybe doesn't even know what we're talking about. And they're like, what is this thing that you're talking about getting around people and learning and growing and like shortening my time horizon and, and, and pulling all of your knowledge out. And now I have it because I know you. And, and then you have the other camp of like, I've been there in that group. I didn't get value because maybe it was more of a group coaching or maybe it was like sold as this really big thing. And then like just no value on the inside, unfortunately, which happens a lot. What would you say to those two people? The people that either don't know, yeah, I was going to say most of them. Exactly. What would you say the person that is, has no idea what we're talking about, but is interested or the person that has, you know, been jaded basically like, man, I've tried that thing. I spent a ton of money. I got no value, but then you know, Scott's telling me that there's immense value. I don't understand.
1: Well, I think one is they're not all the same. I think you got to look at the the right groups for where you're at and, you know, make sure you're in a place that if you, it, my, my goal in everything, anything I'm trying to do, I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. like, I, cause I mean, selfishly, you're going to learn more, right? Um, if I was trying to put myself in rooms that for, to help myself and I was the, like also at the, at a different level or a higher level or at a more experienced, whatever you want to call it, right? Just more experienced. I'll call it more experienced in that moment then I'm probably going to, I'm going to get a lot of help, but it's going to be different. I'm going to get a lot of help because I'm going to be giving to a lot of people value that they will ultimately utilize and bring back some point in time. But if I have an immediate need today, that i'm seeking a group for that i which means i need to extract more than i might be necessarily putting in or at least it's going to be equal you want to be around folks that are are the opposite scenario they're, they've gotten to a spot and they want to be giving back and they're helping you bring you along they're they're, they're dragging you with they're along you know that's the key right. um which i think is a real key to the whole thought process you know if you, when you shift when you get in these groups what I think you get, that if you're going to be successful, if you're going to find success or not, what you ultimately, the first thing you learn is the more you give, the way more you're going to get. It, it yeah. is not transactional. And the person you're pouring into is not the person that's going to pour back to you. The exactly. second you can shift that, if you, if you ever can shift it, you will then learn that's where all of your value is. And the world will get a yeah. lot easier for you, both mentally and practically and financially. And that's a hard shift because you're built to learn transactionally. Um, every yeah. sales training I ever went to, every company I ever went to, it's assess whether or not they're worth your time to talk to. Yeah. Every every sales funnel question you'd put on a website would be are basically to figure out, are they worth calling back or not? And yeah. If you, it's just so contrary to how it actually works and any significantly successful person that I've met, and I guess it depends on what success you're thinking of, but the people that are really successful, they understand that principle, like 97% of them, like, yeah. and, and that's how they got there. And. Um, it's also so much more rewarding, man. It's so much more fun. It's so much easier. If you're trying to continually analyze who, 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 you're just building these transactions that sometimes will make you feel good, but it's just a transaction. You really need to build and cultivate this like energy that you're pouring out to so many different people. You don't even know who's pouring back into you or how it's coming. You just got to trust that it's coming.
0: Wow. Yeah, that last little piece there. Because you're right. The person that I'm pouring into in in a group setting, like you're talking about, I may never get direct correlation back from, but it's the other guy in the room or gal who is just as sharp, who was quiet the whole time later, three months later, three years later says one particular thing that, you know, changes everything. So, um, I love that last little piece there though, that you said though, of not even like step one would be like, this person isn't going to necessarily be the one it's probably somebody else. But then really the ultimate for what you just said was, I'm just going to give and I don't even I'm not even going to calculate who's giving me value. I'm just going to trust that this law exists, the law of reciprocity, the law of reaping and sowing. I mean, we could go down the list. Um, I'm just going to do what is good (laughs) and know that things will come back um, because that's really how the world works.
1: Yeah, and it's not like just open doors for people and then they open them for you. You know, That's an easy way to do it. If you're starting at the bottom, yeah, do that first. Just start opening doors. First of all, you'll be surprised how good you feel, number one. Number two, you're going to be surprised at what the people you didn't expect will say to you when you open the door. Yep. Like, that feels good. And, like, you're just not going to feel bad versus – I mean, so, like, and you're creating these opportunities that you just don't know. It's just a unique philosophy. I wish I knew way sooner. This is why I have no problem talking about it because I I, I know half the people – listening to this will be like what a nut job and maybe not in your podcast because they're listening to your podcast but if they just snapshot this little clip they're like that guy's right. crazy there's going to be a whole yeah. other half they're going to be like no he gets it it's going to resonate right. and those are the ones you want to focus on you, those are the ones you're trying right. to get to like you want to be so genuine about what your thoughts are that the people that are prone to it will be like, you know what? that person is normal. They say like, I have those feelings. Okay. It's okay for me to do it now too. The other ones, they're not going to pay attention to you anyway. So you might as well just get out, be clear.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I think there's value in that for sure. The, the person that doesn't quite think like that because you said both you and I, we wish we had known it sooner, which means that we used to be in that camp and that camp is just the warrior camp. The camp is I have to survive. I have to build this business. It's on the, you know, on the trail to a million, uh, you know, generally speaking, it's chaos. It's like, I'm just in survival mode. I'm just trying to not die. Um, right. <laughs> at some point, we we start thinking a little bit more strategically, or like you said earlier, you know, proactively uh, planning and putting things in place, which includes things like shaking hands with open expectation, right? I mean, this is I don't, I don't know the exact episode number, but this we're probably 360 ish right now. And it's like, I have no idea what the exact value has been for me doing 360 episodes in the last 18 months. But I can tell you right now that I just did a I just did a family mastermind cruise um, a month ago. We went to Bermuda. Every single person on that cruise I met through this podcast. And I was like, I had no idea. like Because I've been friends with these people now for a while. Some are in my group. Some are not. Some helped facilitate some were just there with their families. And it was like, I literally told Julie, my wife, I'm like, everybody here is connected back to this, to this podcast somehow. I'm like, what? It's not like I have like this, this funnel going on over here. Like <laughs> I'm just shaking
1: hands. I know.
0: So I think that what you're saying makes a hundred percent truth. And I can literally say, this is what, like, this is what this show has been for me, you know?
1: Well, Chad, I can tell you that number one, it's great that you understand that and you see that perspective now, um, because you're right. Like even if you think like, oh, I have this podcast and it's not thin right now, and you just keep moving, right? And eventually, it turns into something. What is that something? Well, you, you'll find out. Exactly. Like, I didn't know anything about this stuff. I got on LinkedIn. I have what eight thousand two hundred some followers, right? That's nothing. Like just you could go on. I could go on LinkedIn all day long and find seven thousands and thousands of people with way more than that. But here's what I can tell you. I had 500. Now I have 8,200 three years later. I've been consistently talking about, I've met, I mean, I can't even tell you how many hundreds of cool people I've met. Hundreds. That's a lot of people. Like if I put hundreds of people in a room, like that's a lot of people. I can't keep up with all those people. Yeah. Right. They've poured into this business. And I can tell you, Billy, based on our just Financials alone, if you want to look at that, if you want to look at customers, if you want to look at the how many team members we have look at our office right. now versus our office then I mean pick any metric you want it's significantly better so what is only eight thousand followers well hey it's a shit ton to me this is yeah. a way better environment to me and it, and I can tell you our whole <laughs> business is linked to the stuff we've done just only on LinkedIn or social media since we started only three years ago, and the reason I did that was because it was the middle of COVID, or it was the start of COVID. We weren't going to make loans. We were all scared. We didn't know. It was March of 2020. So what did we do? I was like, well, I might as well just put – I have access to accountants. I have access to lawyers. I have access to bankers. I'm going to start interviewing them and just put them out on Zoom calls and create this YouTube channel so people know how to get a PPP loan. They know what to do. I can tell them what I'm doing. And that's the only way I can help customers right now because I can't make loans. Yeah, and that's what it turned into, and now like, thank God.
0: Yeah, yeah, you saw it—an opportunity to add value um, first, with no like, this is what it's going to turn into. Because truthfully, even if you had thought about what it might turn into, it's it probably wouldn't have been what it was you thought it was going to be anyway. <laughs> because Great. that's how that's how relation if if done organically and genuinely, because you just never know. Like I've had I've had so many interviews where I'm like dude, we got to do something together, but we haven't because we just are their Our stories just don't really align yet. And that's okay. But like, that was only six months ago. I'm going to know this person potentially for the next 40 years. Like surely at some time somewhere, mm-hmm. um, we're going to do something cool together. And I think that's just the best piece of that. It's like, I don't have to necessarily keep up with them every month, hundreds or thousands or whatever, but we've, we crossed paths. I made impact. I added value and hopefully did. They did the same. And now it's like, Oh yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah. He's, he's doing that. Yes. Let's, let's at least take a look at it. Or that's the guy that's doing the funding. I mean, dude, I saw, I saw that guy on, on the podcast. Like, yeah, absolutely. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, you're, you're good. I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to time here.
1: I was going to say, you know, I think sometimes people think too, they see, they hear me and you talking right now. And the reason I keep saying 10 and a half years, 10 and a half years, 10 and a half years. And I bury that number is because yeah. It, with it, all intents and purposes, people, most people that find us at uh, mobilization funding, will be like, Man, I wish I knew you're here. Why don't you guys must be so busy? Why don't you guys do this more? Why don't you, why don't we know you? And the truth is, like, it's they're right, like, you know, it, it, but ten, it takes 10 and a half years sometimes to get yeah. going. Like, you just like if they knew if you knew us then, you wouldn't have been happy. Like if we would have failed you, we, we under delivered like, and and all that's okay. So I I, I think sometimes people think like they're, 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 um, they're slow or they're, they're so late to the game that they got to hurry, hurry. And you do, you need to work consistently with urgency. You do, but you don't need to hurry and you don't need to listen to you and I talking right now. And I don't even know how many years you've got into this, but like you get these success points, but you, it takes yeah. time. Like, and it's okay. Just start and go. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to think like, oh, I'm so far behind. I can't believe this. I'm telling you right now, like, thank God this has only been the way it is the last three years. Because if it, the previous disasters of set this up, first seven didn't happen. I'd have yeah. never, and I mean never, been able to deliver on the last three or whatever is going to be here in the future.
0: Yeah. No. It's it's a real reality what you're talking about how how does one listening right now today go okay what what i'm hearing you say is i should consistently work urgently uh, set goals and then take action daily basis like i'm i'm after it i'm hungry but yet not hurry which means i'm not operating in anxiety or a super pressurized situation except for that it is pressurized because i'm consistently doing it and i'm holding myself to a certain standard or an accountability how do like, that's a tug and a pull. And, and, I, and, and maybe easily I can swing one way or the other. Um, what, what would be your advice for that person who's trying to figure that out?
1: It's a good thought. Um, so I would tell you this, if you don't know where you're going exactly, you're going to feel anxiety all the time. And therefore yeah. you're going to hurry and rush every single day. Cause you, you're not there and you don't even know where there is. That's first.
0: Whew, powerful.
1: Second would be once you know where you're at, you got to realize it's going to take time to get there. And if you work backwards, you can break down the years into months, into weeks, into days. And if you just work, when I say work urgently, it means attack your day. Don't ride your day. Don't let your day drive you. If you get out and you know exactly these are the four, five, six things I need to do today, and not necessarily the to-do list, but the things that you're trying to accomplish, the to-do list is always going to be there. But yeah. the main things that are moving you towards your goal are where you want to be. That's why it's so important to know where you want to be. And sometimes where you want to be isn't where you want to be in 10 years. It might just be where you want to be in a, next month. Like start there.
0: Yeah. Next
1: yep. year, what do you want your business to look like a year later? Like that's a great start. Three years, five years is really even better. But even if you've never done this before, just where do you want your beat? What would perfect look like for you in your business one year from now? Okay, great. Move backwards. What do you need to do? between where you're at this second to what do you need to do to get there? Where are the holes, where are the gaps? Maybe it's hire a project manager, maybe it's this. You'll identify six or seven things you're gonna need. The thing When I say attack the day versus let the day ride you, what I mean is like those six or seven things are the things that you have to be urgent and hurry about. Like yeah. getting some progress towards those each and every day until you can start checking them off the list. Then you move to the next you know, set of goals. That's the urgency, the calls, the emails, the hundred, not urgent about keeping up with your email, right? Like that's not the urgency I'm talking about. That will help you tremendously feel less anxious and less and more comfortable because you know what you're accomplished. So at the end of the day, if you still have a hundred emails, but you know, you got the five or six, seven things done towards your ultimately getting there it gives you a piece to be able to go home and sit on the couch with your daughters and know that you got 80 emails that you didn't get to but it's it's okay you'll get to them tomorrow yeah or you clean up your maybe one of the things is you got to clean up your email maybe you're just terrible with email you got 80 emails and 50 of them are things you should be talking to like i'm not telling you to not get your email i'm right. just telling you don't make your whole life shoving emails around in real time yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if there's 50 that you need to be addressed, um, that means they should have already been addressed before today and you need to hire somebody probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably really what that means. Um, really, really good stuff. I appreciate you taking us there. Um, the picture of poise is what I got from what you're saying is like, it's not, I'm, I'm urgent on the things that are important, the things that move the needle in order to figure out those things, you got to figure out what you want so that you can determine these are the things that are going to move that specific needle um, and then the the daily tasks, um, I can't be urgent about those per se. I'm not hurrying. I love the, the definition between hurry and urgent. Um, I think that that's a very clear uh, picture that you gave us. I've got one last question here for you, Scott. I want to know if you had the opportunity to whisper in the younger Scott's ear, what would you tell that guy?
1: I'd tell him to read, think, and grow rich sooner in life and buy into all those principles
0: <laughs> that's good man
1: and I would tell him in the same sense don't don't break away from your the faith you grew up in and lean into it more and understand it because it's all related man everything you and I are talking about is as corny as it sounds to some it's just not I mean it's literally sitting right there in the Bible If you, it's hard to read <laughs> maybe or hard to understand but there's so many better ways now to understand that but yeah. I would say it's got like Stay close to that. Lean into that. That's what's going to give you your peace and comfort. And, and then read that, particularly Think and Grow Rich. But then the litany of other books that come after that, so you can actually implement those things. And yeah. just know that your the continuous education that you're going to give yourself is going to be everything you're going to use, particularly in business. And none of it will be what you've really got in college, and that's okay.
0: Yep. Yeah. Every every level um, adds a. A, uh, something you carry with you to the next uh, level. So yeah, especially when it comes to yeah. failures, <laughs> yeah, don't be selfish. we talked about that a lot today. uh a lack of selfishness, a, a promotion of humility. Uh, it's the ability to see others before oneself. Um,
1: well, the, the truth is, man, once you understand it, and this is the like, true. Be, now I feel selfish giving more because I know it's actually going to help me more. Right. Have, that's Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and that sounds crazy. That would have sounded insane. (laughs) If I heard someone say that in 25, I'm like, that guy is a clown. What a douche. I'm not listening to him anymore, but I'm telling you like, that is the, is just the solid truth, man. You get so much more back and it's not necessarily monetarily or financially. And that was my problem. I always thought that like getting something was going to be somehow tied to money or prestige Right. And, and it, and it, and it is, but it doesn't come that way first. It's just, it's just hard, man. to explain. I, I think you have to be in your, you have to be older. I'm like, I said, I'm going to be 48, but you gotta be old. You gotta have at least older, maybe not an age, but in experience like yeah. from the period of time where you make a transition to, you can do it sooner. I mean, yeah, if you can get, if I could have walked off that plane and had the same epiphany with my wife and kids at 22, then yeah, maybe I would have been there at 30, but it right. wasn't until I was 38 or 39.
0: Yeah. Which I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things is, is the courage that a lot of listeners need, um, is that the timeline starts whenever you say it does, Mm -hmm. you know, um, nobody else is keeping track of your, of your scorecard or at least not, not that they should be. Um, and really, what do you care about what they think anyway? Um, your, if your scorecard starts today at 22 or 42, it started today. Now let's, let's go. Um, I think that's the, that's the encouragement and then be able to watch you do the same thing. Even at, at a, an older age, it's like, if anything, it just gives poise to some of the young guys listening. It's like, Hey, look, like maybe, maybe you should go work for a corporate job for a little while and get some experience on how to lead people before you try to have a team of a hundred people of your own, because you're probably not going to lead them very well. Um, just if you just all of a sudden had a big business and had a hundred people without reading some books and having some experience. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's definitely value in that as well. Scott, um, how can the listener find you? Number one, if they are in the commercial construction space and and they're needing a funding partner, or if they're just an entrepreneur and they want to reach out
1: um, and, uh,
0: you know, break bread with you or connect over LinkedIn, how can they find you specifically?
1: So I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's what, that, that's my primary I would say preferred choice or easiest. I keep up with those very well. So LinkedIn, Scott Peeper, our website, mobilizationfunding.com, just like you'd think, you know, mobilization funding, Um, that we have tons of resources and information on there. And then our YouTube channel, mobilization funding is really the two, those are the three places. So personally on LinkedIn and then um, both Mobilization Funding, our website, and Mobilization Funding YouTube has a ton of information stuff you and I have talked about today, stuff that's specific, actual tools, spreadsheets, cash flow charts, all of which is totally free. Tutorials on how to use them, guides, everything is on there. Um, Love it. And I wrote a book called Big Book of Cash Flow that kind of talks through a lot of those specifics too. That's a great spot to grab some information and info too.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, work and then we can purchase the book from your website.
1: You can buy it on our website or you can buy it um, even on Amazon. Just go to Amazon, okay. Big Book of Cash Flow, Scott Pieper, and it'll pop up.
0: Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes as well. I'm sure it'll be uh, helpful to many listeners if they're uh, actionable and grab it. So, yeah. uh, Scott, it's I, I think we could probably keep talking for a couple of hours at this point. We're just uh, in a lot of alignment here, but. Uh, you've been incredible. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for your team for getting you set up here and uh, giving value. Uh, blessings to your family and to all the clients that you're um, impacting here in 2023. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1000 Kings. Talk soon.